I'm reading an article earlier this week, man, and uh, earlier yeah. this yeah earlier this week, and it was an article that was specifically directed at talking about what the world and America in particular is going to do as we have this swath of people start retiring. Are we really ready for the workforce to just be depleted by like 40, 50, 60 percent? Hmm. So that was the, the beginning of the article. And then subsequently, as you get further down into the article, I think as, as, as journalists like to say, they buried the lead. They start talking about how Americans are not having sex the way they used to, and that they are not procreating like they used to. That one in, one in four millennials has said that they have been, and this is between 18 and what is it, 18 and 25, 18 and 26, has been abstinent for the past three to four years. Three to four years. How do you Pe- people closer in arms? our age range have admitted, hold on, people closer in our age range have admitted to not having sex, have had having sex only once within the past one to two years. Oh. One to two uh, years. Yeah. I'm more baffled and concerned about you finding these articles than other people. <laughs> I, two years. Somehow, some way, you can't let a show go by without you showing your horniness. It's fascinating. <laughs> fascinating how you always seem to... Interesting proclivities. Yeah, always come back to either... Someone else's sex, someone's ass. <laughs> uh, I'm just baffled how you. Oh man! Oh my god! Find yourself. Oh, my god. Why okay. is it that you like to do this to me at the beginning of every fucking show instead of just rolling <laughs> with the conversation and giving your input? Wow, man, that's fascinating. Man, that's interesting. No, I don't it's think that really, that's true. You have to. T- you turn that thing around. It's oh, always you see, and he always claims that I'm the king of backhanded compliments. But he that wasn't a compliment this. at all. I, 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 I know, but I'm quite compliment. aware that wasn't a compliment, sir. But every Ooh. single goddamn time, he's always coming straight for my neck at the beginning of this goddamn show. Bro, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be concerned. I'm starting to be a little concerned. I feel like an intervention is headed your way. Don't I, won't, I, won't, I won't participate in that. You said you won't be attending that intervention? You, oh, nah, man. You got to lead no, it, man. I mean, no, no, I, no. Hold up. He's, he's the one that brings up the shit every week when he refuses to attend. I, 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 I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll put in the call yourself. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I already put the call in, bro. That's real <laughs> But I don't find that. That's not surprising, man. Really? I think mm. that when you think of it, you actually have to think of, are we talking about actual physical sex or are we talking solo sex? No, I physical think, penetrative sex with a partner. That's not surprising at all. Really? Nope. 
not particularly in the age that we live in right now. Where why do you say? I mean, outside of pandemic, because we're talking well, no, about no. given the and numbers, we're talking about four years and so on. There is a level of people not wanting to get intimate with other people in that capacity, not wanting to participate and do all of the the necessary work that comes with some of the stuff. As much as we want to think that this is a culture that is just, you know, dick the vagina as often as they possibly can, it's really not popping off like that. So this is really not that surprising to me, man. And I think people are beginning to see what having sex with people <laughs> brings with that. It's <laughs> It's not surprising, but you are a horny dude. No, so no. anytime more than five minutes go this, by, you automatically right. thinking, "Oh my God, it's too long." My guy, my <laughs> mom listens to the show. Can you not be doing this stupid shit to me every single okay, goddamn I mean, time? Your mom had to have Elgin relations. She's, she's not Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm going mean, to keep it on topic. I am surprised, given as you've already discussed, I think society, or maybe it's not society, maybe it's media that helps to perpetuate this notion that everybody's just banging all the time. Mm -hmm. And then as people have commented, as I've had this conversation, that everyone, I think everyone thinks that everyone else is having sex. And when they think, say that they're not, it, it builds a sense of frustration. And some people just like want to fall back. Cause like, I don't want to do, like you said, I don't want to deal with all the extra that goes with that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I find it fascinating though. I really do find it fascinating. Yeah. I mean, well, I tell you, I can't wait to, see, to hear the underground tapes, bro. <laughs> no, but I can see. I, I, I can see the factors that can contribute to this, though. You know what I'm saying, especially over the last 10, 12 years. Um, you know, between technology, uh, between you know some of the, some of the fears that may have lingered from the uh, from, from from STDs, and I think yeah, I, I think a lot of the isolation has as uh you know that, that millennials might have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, they're, they're, I think they're more accustomed to isolate social isolation than we are. Sure. I, I think I'm more surprised specifically because I know that you said that there's a level of intimacy that people don't want to deal with, but we're still human beings at the end of the day. Solo sex just doesn't cut it. Hold on, me. hold on. Tell me about solo sex may cut it for many people. It may do what needs to be done. For actual physical sex for some people, man, can be a tedious chore, bro. And you can be anywhere and just pull it down whip it out and get it off and go ahead about your day you ain't got to worry about having no but we, but we still as human beings still crave some I'm level of interaction you as a but human being no many that. people dude obviously ever, hold I, on the data no no is no no no, no. Exact bring, it, bring it bring it back the, have on, you read the, some of these other studies that talk about isolationism and the study the of data, isolationism during the data these, is telling you it's telling you people are want to interact and be intimate with other people so how do you want to interact and be intimate and then not not. But the people who are saying it, but, saying they're not doing it. The data shows that they're not doing it. So clearly, there's somebody so that's out what I'm saying. How, then how do you okay square that, that circle? How can you say that there's isolation? You do that isolationism study and say that people have a strong craving to be with other people, and then at the same yeah. time, when you have an opportunity to be, because you can, but the craving, the craving is different. The craving, yeah. the craving has been, the craving has been stunted. 
and, and, and numbed in a certain way. Because I, yep, I, 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 I see I, I see the ways that some of my wives, single friends, you know, try to deal with men these days. And, you know, it seems like there's no patience for the intimacy anymore. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? No yes. patience. Like, these yes. dudes have no game at all. And- and we're not even talking I mean, about the I, physical intimacy. We're talking about just uh, the getting just interacting know, with though. you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah these guys have, have no no time. In row. Yeah, these cats have no time for that shit. They have no time to even be gentlemen. So where do you think that comes from? For some, for some mystical reason, they don't have time to try to at least get to know a person. So where do you think so where do you think that that comes from? I don't think necessarily that that's the case because everybody's on their grind, man. Americans have been, no, no, no bullshit. Americans now work 70% more than they have well, in, since, the, since, huh? No, I said, I don't disagree with your statement. Yeah, no, they, they, they work more now, 70% plus more now than they did during the mid nineties. So it's like, everybody's on a hustle. Like you're, I think the common narrative now for many people is that you're not doing you're not doing good for yourself or with yourself if you don't have a side hustle or a side job or you're not doing something extra. You can't just be that dude that just goes to work and comes home. You know what I'm saying? So everyone's trying to be in that mode and do all of these things. Mm. I mean, when do you actually necessarily have time for the other stuff? For sex. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, that's a big part of it. You know, the economy, yeah, maybe between economy and, te- and technology has propelled the economy to propel, especially the American economy and the American mentality towards capitalism to, you know, to be, uh, you know, accelerated. The, the, we the, had the, uh, old girl on, Dr. Brown, what she mm-hmm. say about being married and having to work. I think that does play a role in it, that there's a lack of actual folks aren't communicating for one so now people are not even engaging in the necessary dialogue that's required to actually engage so now it's you want to do netflix and chill do people still do that i don't know but you know it's (laughs) it's, sean does your your homie still do that i mean does your your... (laughs) oh my god the callbacks callbacks. every single time coming straight from my goddamn Every single yeah, time, yeah, but you know who the biggest culprit is, and not necessarily by sheer number, but by percentage. White people are leading the charge on not having sex or having kids. <laughs> Good, so what? Because it's so, you- <laughs> so, so what. So it's less of those bastards around. Oh, what? <laughs> you, you, really, you, you, you both really, really want the NSA to be oh, listening in. Because you know that's nothing but white people. They were like, these motherfuckers. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Good. A whole lot less of you running around killing us. I don't want to play. I mean, feel, feel free to chill. Without the Netflix. Without the Netflix. No free. No free. You guys are fucking ruthless. Yes. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again, it is the Incredible in the Black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men 
who hopefully are still doing their thing at home because I mean you're not part of those numbers are you I hope I, hope you guys are part of it. I think that's why Elgin's always so angry so <laughs> I am your host Big O Mr. In The Black himself <laughs> but you know I can never do this alone let me introduce the rest of Millie Vanilli Crush say what's up man oh what's good man oh, and, and I can't sing but I will rap your ass <laughs> <laughs> I, no, Elgin say no. I, I won't. Not after that. Not after that. No, not after Billy. You can call me a whole not lot mean, of things, but not Billy. Yeah. I'll, I'll do ninety-eight degrees. You see what I'm saying? Nigga, you are. Both of you guys are the fucking worst. I swear. <laughs> sink or whatever. Shut yeah. the hell up. Yeah. 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 You damn me. You damn me. Chop my head off and shit. Did, so why you gotta? You said why you gotta uh, equal us to those white bastards? White boys are single. Don't call me anybody white. I'm good. Whatever. <laughs> if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure that you hit that wonderful subscribe button so that you don't miss out on the next video. Hit that thumbs up as well so that you don't miss out on the next episode again and it goes a long way. The algorithm, all that other stuff. You know what time it is. And you can hit the thumbs down button too. We'll be still be here next week either way. So, yeah. But uh, you can follow us across social media as well at In The Black PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But before we get into the show, Elgin, please tell these good folks how they can become a part of the family if they want to do that first off i want to say a thank you to all of our new patrons on our patreon man all the new subscribers on youtube all you motherfuckers who are following us on ig all you you. lazy bastards on facebook who have not (laughs) done what is necessary to become (laughs) a part facebook y'all motherfuckers is the worst get it together get it together all of you bastards but hey uh, if you want to give us money after I called you a bastard, <laughs> right, head right. on over to the InTheBlackPodcast.com website oh, and become a, click the Become Family tab, man. And there's a variety of ways that you can actually contribute to what we're building here at In The Black. You can actually buy swag. You see he still has those same t-shirts up there. Mm-hmm. We haven't transitioned to the new crop yet. It's coming. It's coming. It's more. <laughs> More, more patrons, you know, we can get new shirts, you get money, yes, get, sir. get new shirts and sell new shirts. But you can also donate directly to Sean in order for us to get new shirts up there at dollar sign in the black PDCST. But we really do sincerely appreciate everyone who has become a patron man and joined the squad here. Uh, without us, there's no you. <laughs> no, no, there is none. There is none. <laughs> why are you like this, man? Like, why can't you just be a regular person for once in your life? God damn. <laughs> Without us, there is no them. I mean, shit. No, there isn't. There isn't. You cannot exist. We cannot exist without you guys. Shut, shut, oh, shut. See, you need it's, us. It's that light skin lunacy, man. Don't, don't wrap it. Man, don't follow. Don't follow this foolishness, man. Okay. Sorry, man. All right. The so logic is I've been getting a lot of messages actually on our oh, thoughts. Shit. No, no, no joke. I mean, nothing, nothing X-rated or out of out of bounds. But a lot of folks have messaged right. me asking me what our thoughts were on this whole Kwame Brown thing. Um, in case you weren't aware, recently Kwame Brown has come out of the bushes or the darkness somewhere after 20-some-odd years and has been lambasting everybody and anybody that has ever said one wrong thing about him. Um, he has essentially created a, a revenue stream for himself that it's gotten that damn serious. Um, it started off because on the, is it a, all the smoke podcast, 
uh, Matt Barnes and Steve, uh, Steven Steve Jackson, Jackson had Gilbert, uh, Gilbert Arenas on the show. And somehow, some way, the topic swayed into Kwame Brown, and they talked about how he was soft and how he got mentally played by Michael Jordan. And it was at least, I would say, about five or so minutes of them just talking. I won't say bad necessarily, no, but I didn't think so. Nope. But talking about Kwame Brown, this got Kwame's butt on his shoulders, and he came out with all the clips ready and loaded for everybody and anybody that has ever said a word about him. Um, let me ask you this: Do you think that after twenty some odd years of hearing people say these same exact things about him, that he is in the wrong? For uh, making his comments known, we're making his feelings known. Oh, you're never in the wrong for making your feelings known. I think where you can go wrong is how you articulate your feelings. Uh, I understand and and feel where he's coming from. For twenty plus years, you've been the butt of every negative joke and connotation about a bad player in the NBA. I dig it. I can see how you'd be frustrated and angry, but I think at some point in time, it's like, bro, how many more fucking videos are you going to put out? Like at what point? So now and I'll share that here in a moment because it's beginning to flip on Kwame. Hmm. Folks, okay. folks are starting to come for Kwame now. Yeah, they're coming uh, back at him. Yeah. Come, well, no, they're coming for him for a different reason. But I just think I think he has a right to express how he feels. I just think I just hate the social media era, man. Where instead of men having conversation with grown men in an articulate manner, expressing our feelings and trying to move past it, we hop on motherfucking social media and we make videos blasting each other to the entertainment value of everyone else. I, I've never liked that. I've never liked watching black people go at each other on social media. I think that shit is corny. Uh, it's whack as shit. But I feel where Kwame is coming from after all this time, constantly being kicked like that. But motherfucker, it's 20 years. I mean, should you yeah. kick back maybe year 10? <laughs> I don't I, I'm 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 I got a mixed bag about it, man. Like it's like, yeah, it's been 20 years. You think he would have said something however long ago, but at the same time, man, sometimes everyone has their limit. I guess his limit was recently. You know what I mean? Like, to be honest with you, like I said, I don't think that what they were discussing necessarily was that. I didn't think so either. It was that negative. But at the same time, it did kind of feel like it was unnecessary. It's like they kind of swung him into the conversation. It's like, okay, I could have, you could have easily had that conversation without and as, mentioning and Kwame, Kwame, Kwame has made some good points and some of the stuff that he has. Some of the stuff he's saying, man. I mean, I really... I've been like, oh, I'm glad somebody finally is saying this shit. Some of yep. the comments that he's made about how these black dudes on these white networks have, will slaughter other black people at the behest of their white owners. I dig it. I, I feel where he's coming from. So he makes some valid points, but some of the other shit is stupid. The, yeah. col the colorism shit, I'm tired of. I think, I, think, I think he's gotten, he's really gotten into his feelings though, but I think he's also, I think it's, it's cyclical, right? That yeah. he's saying what he's saying, other people are responding, and as they're responding, it just ramps the conversation up. Not the dialogue, but it just ramps the conversation and the banter up further and further. I think one of the biggest problems that I've had is seeing some of these people that he's mentioned, these black faces and white spaces, 
now coming out and talking about him, like Stephen A. Smith, like he. I saw that shit today. I can't. And I thought that that was the most. I thought that that was was so ignorant and so so classless. So classless. So he came out. He did like a five minute, six minute segment about Kwame Brown and how he said he's never attacked Kwame Brown's character, but has always said that he was terrible at basketball, and then proceeded to narrow his whole career down. Over ten years into oh, like a two minute, two minute video Bo- of him real. like dropping the ball, missing the ball. Over a decade of shit, playing, man. eighty yeah. plus games of playing, it was so not tacky. Oh my god, it was Who, horrible. Can you tell me? Can you tell me one person that would feel that would have liked to have seen their life's bloopers r- rolled down into a two minute clip? How you would feel about that shit? But and that he what, thought that that was like the right and thing. What, pl- what player can't have a blooper reel like that? Like, My guy. It was just like, uh, well, that... it was such a backhand. It was, listen, man, and I don't like Stephen A for a number of reasons. Yeah, I already know you don't like But him. this right here was, I thought it was one of the most disgusting things like, I've seen in a long yeah, time. It man. sounds like he was feeding on the drama. Yeah, he was feeding on the drama. He was feeding on it. And he said, it sounds, like, it, sounds, it sounds like a, it sounds like a, like a feeding frenzy on drama. Yeah. Right? He was so smart about it though that he tagged other people who were other entertainers and celebrities in what Facts. he was saying. Facts. So it was a way for it was all about Stephen A. Yep, it attention. was all about him. He tried to it make it seem him. like I'm taking the high road. I've been taking the high road all this time. Yeah, but, but now, now I'm say something. mind you, it was after a week and some change of yeah, you being saying quiet and not was saying nothing. Your ass up. <clears throat> He's been talking about you for about a week and a half, almost two and weeks. And he's going to get your ass again. Yeah, I hope you start with that damn it. hairline. Like- <laughs> 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 now, one of the things, and it goes back to what Elgin was saying before about this dynamic that we have in the black community of taking our lowest moments and putting them, magnifying it against each other when it comes to these types of conversations. I don't think I have seen anyone outside of Kwame Brown get the type of vitriol and dogging that they have gotten, even players that have been worse than him, in particular white players, right? You would never, I don't think anyway, that you would ever see Stephen A. Smith compile a blooper reel of Brian Scalabrini. No, well, you can't do that because Scalabrini is white and it's okay for you to get up on your show and to literally make a living out of denigrating other black people. Uh, Because, and again, in all fairness, when Stephen A. started, he was a high-quality sports columnist Columnist. who wrote for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I mean, he was top-notch. But then, all of a sudden, he hopped onto the circus, and now he's one of the biggest clowns that's doing it out there right now. You know what? Part of me is upset by it, but it's on brand. Yeah, that's on brand, man. That's it. Sounds like it. That's it. I think because I know the first several interviews that not interviews, but spots that he had done on ESPN, he wasn't really like that. Hmm. And then he, I won't say slowly, but I think that they, maybe ESPN pressed upon him or maybe the Philadelphia Inquirer pressed upon him that he needs to stand out. And since then we've had, so, He's, he is the highest paid highest person paid at person. ESPN right now. ESPN, yeah. the, the, he's and the highest paid think, person. And he does no 
actual sports analysis any longer. Not any longer. No. But that's wow. part part of that is also part of the, the culture, the culture. That we're in now, Fair. too. Because these people are have now these Whoa. have become they've sensationalized that you don't you're no longer a writer or an an analysis, right? Yeah, an analyst or journalist. You've now become a personality. And what you're selling, you're not selling the news, you're selling the personalities. Yeah. I don't so even watch like, I don't watch I don't watch ESPN anymore. Do I the only time I watch ESPN is through YouTube and that's the highlights for the games. That's about it. Cause I can't stand the I talking stand anymore. It. I hate it. Yeah, I can't stand the talking anymore. But one thing I, is Kwame Brown has come out recently and said that he's not African American, that he's American. He's made this not it, one of those niggas, dude. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah, and, and see, and now <sighs> he's come out and said that. And he's ho, 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 ho. in Back many of the when comments. The, when, before, the he, when the fuck did he say that shit? This was probably just the past day or so. When you go and you look the past on, day. When you go on, because he's got an ass load of videos up. Yeah, he's mentioned that, and it's starting to come out that he's, you know, he's a Trump supporter. You know, all these things that we have held, or other black folks have held as anti-blackness, are starting to come out, and black folks are going to turn on Kwame rather quickly. Watch and viciously, and viciously. Wow! Wow! I, I guess his kids retired. I'm, I'm, well, you know what? I'm not going to say that it's surprising because it's honestly not. But typically, Ooh. black people with money are going to fall, find themselves in a more right in that category. Yeah, find themselves yeah. in that conservative role. Um, I am, I am put off by it though. And it's not surprising, but I am put off by it. Like, it's not to say that Trump supporting conservative black people can't have salient things to say. But at the same time, it's or like, be black. Yeah, but at the same time, have salient things to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think part of this also boils down to the culture that the NBA has also allowed to foster mm, as well. Yeah, yes. Because mm. no, I, I mean, no, I'm, with you. I'm, I'm wrong. With you. No, I, I, I'm with I think you. that no, no, they no, don't. You're right. Do, no, you're right. You're right. They don't do a good enough job in terms of nurturing and and taking care of their players in a way to help them avoid some of these pitfalls. Talk less about what's recently happened in the NBA when you talk about what happened the other night in Philadelphia when um, Russell Westbrook Russell got Westbrook. popcorn poured on him. It happened, again, in, uh, where it happened in another place too where some uh, a, a guy got spit on. Was it Boston? Uh, yeah, I, no, not Boston. Or Utah. But it was the Hawks. Who, who were the Hawks playing? Oh, the Knicks. Okay, yeah, in New York. So it was at Madison Square Garden. The guy spit on uh, Trey Young. Yep. Spit on Damn. him. Damn. Yeah. And, and matter of fact, here's what Kwame Brown said. He said, if my ancestors helped build this son of a bitch, why would I say I'm African? I ain't African-American. I'm a fucking American. Africans don't like you. Nigerians don't like you. They're taught and trained. When they come over here, they don't fuck with you. Kwame Brown. And that is from that Tariq Nasheed handbook all that's, day long. That's Ados all day. No, 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 not Ados. Dude, stop it. Stop. <laughs> you, you know motherfucking well that that's, that's, that's your, that's, that's your I, motherfucking boys, nah, man. God no, damn. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he said, man. Jeez. Wow. Is, do you think that it's okay? I know we're going off topic with this question. No, 
But do you think that an an African-American celebrity born and raised here, right, can be pan-African? Say say that one more time. Do you think a black American here, born and raised in the United States, can be a pan-African? Because they... I'm at no, and this is the reason why I'm asking okay. the question. Because, like you said, when you come, when you have that mentality that you've gotten it from the mud, you built this thing for free. <laughs> how do you, in turn, then correlate your? I won't say your allegiance, but no. correlate your sympathies to people outside of your. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, ain't nobody getting it from but, the mud though. That's that's number one. Why do you, why do you say that? Who tell, nobody's tell me, getting it from the mud. No nobody one is getting it. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me be let me be clear. No one is getting it solo from the mud. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I give you that. I so, give you so that. No one's this idea that everybody is getting it oh, from yeah, the mud. Yeah, yeah. DIY is a myth. Nah, yeah, you got some people. DIY who is a myth. Get the hell where you are. So, but someone believe, someone gave you twenty dollars. Somebody, but. <laughs> Someone co-signed that loan. Someone gave you twenty dollars. Somebody, but I think you can be. A, I think there's plenty of Pan Africans who are born here in the states who are black. Hi, Definitely. I mean, I think that's possible. But I think, <laughs> I think these people like Kwame Brown, who, again, there are a number of things that he said over the past couple of weeks that were on point and should be unpacked more. But we cannot say in any shape or form that he's actually articulated any sort of intellectual rhetoric in yeah. the past couple of weeks. Yeah. We're not talking about a scholar here. We're talking about a black man who felt like he's been kicked in the nuts the past 20 years. So he's given it back. Yeah. But so when I even read this statement right here, I'm not angry with that statement. I Because I, I put it on par with who Kwame Brown is. If he was a scholar or someone of some stature, I would hold it against him a little differently. But mm. have you heard the bullshit that he's been saying the past couple yeah. of weeks? Yeah. Why would you be upset? It's like a cr- yeah. being mad at a crackhead. We're smoking crack. No, you're right. Mm. You read about that shit. Mm. Fuck Kwame Fair Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's gonna make he's gonna make a five minute video about us yeah. and shit yeah. about Elgin specifically. Please, 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 please. 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 Man, we'll, we'll, put that shit, we'll put that shit in the intro. We'll put that shit in the right. intro of the show. I'm like, to go all the way. Fucker. I'm going to give you some of mama's cooking. Give me all the likes. Give me them likes and shares. All the smoke. All the smoke. No bullshit. No bullshit. Watch him and Stephen A go back and forth for a little while. Stephen A go That's what it's going to be about. That's what it's going to be about. And you know, he cre- he's created. I mean, we've given this dude a lot more time than he really Jeez. deserves at this point. But he's, <laughs> he's actually started a YouTube channel called Kwame Brown Bus Life. And that thing right now, if you do like Google in terms of the number of views within us, I think within the past three weeks, all of his videos are getting millions of views, man. Millions, man. Millions. It's, it's fuck- and it's, it's fucking crazy to me. Two weeks ago, you had forgotten about this dude. All of a sudden, we're making again. This is the culture that we live in, man. That we people make billions, millions, and billions of dollars off of this type of fucking drama. 
Have you seen Brown. anybody publicly defend this dude though? I was, and Jalen Brown's probably the only person that I've seen. Jaylen he didn't Rose. necessarily protect no, 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 no. him. That Jaylen was a long Rose. while ago. Jaylen Jaylen my Rose. bad. I apologize. Oh, You're no, right, Jalen Rose. That's, that's but that was from the original video that he had done, and then yeah. he subsequently did an IG where he was like just explaining his thought process. He didn't necessarily and I agree defend. With him. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly. But he didn't defend Kwame. He yeah. was defending his statements and how people shouldn't be talking about Kwame. He and didn't what he say said like was. What what he said, Jalen Rose said that there ir, there are no busts in the NBA. If you make especially it not through, after fucking ten years, at the ten years, if you make it to the NBA, you are one of the greatest basketball players in the world. Don't forget, it, out of high school, out of high school, and he was the first out of high school drafted at what age? Seventeen. 17. Yeah. Wow. And wow. you go to. The fucking Washington Wizards, but he and he has a he has a, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> he had and by itself he already had a compelling story. So whether he didn't make it up to our expectations in terms of how he played or whatever, to play as long as he played, to come from where he came from, and to be drafted where he was drafted, I don't know how you can necessarily. And he made over, to him, but he made over forty million dollars in his career. Yeah, and he has to be. He's not even forty yet. Yeah, he's not. I think part of it is, is that. Did you see? You saw what he said in that one of his videos. I think it's like his second or third video that he was saying uh, how all of that bus talk and Eton Thomas confirmed it too. Yeah. All of that bus talk. I didn't watch that his, either, but I want to check it out. No, he, well, he says he refuses. Oh, he, you mean his podcast? No, he did a podcast where yeah. Jahadi White and him. Yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But he said that it's it's true. Like all of that talk affected his money. Like he could have had 80, 90 million and they 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 crushed him for it. Sure. Teams Damn. tried to stay away from him like the plague because everyone was talking bad about him. Sure. Damn. And he got dealt the bad hand a couple of times too. With some he of did. He, went to. he did. He did. No bullshit. He did. Wow. Everybody's not black and white, my guy. They're like, there's a whole gray area. Like, you want unfortunately. The, you see him doing his, like, you, you feel for the guy. You're like, okay, I, I can't be mad at you for coming out the way you've been coming out. But then but there's some of the things he's been saying. It's like, like Jesus mm, Christ. God, yeah. you shut the fuck up. Yeah, facts. Facts. <laughs> All right, Phil, what's up, man? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, I uh, saw an interesting article um, around the uh, this new. Well, not so new, I guess at this point, craze around cryptocurrency called NFTs or uh, non-fungible tokens, uh, which are basically digital certificates of authenticity that allow, you know, collectibles like art, digital art to be sold and traded. Apparently, this is kind of taking the music industry by storm. Uh, The first time I really noticed it was in the aftermath of MF Doom's death uh, when the estate uh, had an auction for these virtual reality masks about 11 like 11 of them, and they made like anywhere between up to $800,000 on these masks. And so I had to wonder what is really going on because people like Jim Jones, Azalea Banks, Soldier Boy sold some tweets for like $1,200. And I just kept wondering, like, a what's piece. really going on here? Peace. Yeah, peace. Is this an evolution of the digital marketplace? I mean, I've been hearing about blockchain for a while. And, you know, and, and while it seemed a little you know, strange to me, I do see some potential here for a different kind of marketplace, you know, in terms of the things that people are offering through this form of ownership, I guess, of digital ownership. Um, what do you guys think? My whole understanding that, like, 
when you try to get into Bitcoin and understanding what Bitcoin is and cryptocurrency, it is some of the most confusing shit you are going to get yourself into. I, mean, I, I try to stick to, the con stick to the concept of perceived value. No, I, I can dig it because that, and that's part of the problem. I, well, almost a part of the problem, <laughs> part of the confusion, right? Because right. they're they're honestly, like you look at blockchain, and I could be completely wrong, and I hope that someone out in YouTube video viewing land corrects yeah, us. Be on right? your ass. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm always getting, <laughs> I'm always, you never get the fucking heat. Anyway, you son of a bitch. So these blockchains is like, I guess like a, I don't want to call it a bank, but a storage place for monies that then allows you to be able to swap your actual currency into these other types of digital currencies. Now, the problem then becomes that there are literally right now tens of thousands of different cryptocurrencies, notable ones, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, those sort of Ethereum, that sort of thing. But how do you place value to a digital currency that does not uh, that is not attached to any GDP, to no country, no product, no nothing. Mm -hmm. So then, that's why you have things like Bitcoin that in the early two early two thousand tens was trading at what maybe a couple of bucks per, and now we're sitting at thirty seven thousand, almost forty uh, thousand uh, dollars per Bitcoin. Ethereum jumping up to five thousand dollars per coin. Dogecoin, probably the most notable one because of its attachment to Elon Musk. That thing went from, at the beginning of January, went from like less than a penny to now 35 cents. If you had jumped in when it was less than a penny and put $1,000 in, you'd be sitting on a heavy ass stack right now. Mm -hmm. So the question then becomes, how do you necessarily apply value to these things? And I'm looking at the, the, the spot in the article that we're talking about uh, Soldier Boy. Motherfucking tweets, thirteen hundred dollars a piece. Three D digital, three D digital art. I'm like, did did, did I, I mean the thing, the, the, the thing that I that I that I figure is that you know, especially in the case of an artist like MF Doom. I mean the 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 value of these of that art, you know, definitely jumped after his death because they didn't because they actually did went on sale. They actually completed the sale like the day after he died. Um. You know the uh, you know, the other artists and that other people might get involved, depending on I guess you know the popularity. I, th I think the value is in their popularity alone. Apparently, mm -hmm. you know, if, if the artist has a hit song, if the artist goes through some drama that is in the that's part that goes viral, if they die, you know, I mean, then then the value of these and of these blockchain NFTs just goes through the roof, I guess. But thirteen hundred dollars for a Soldier Boy tweet? Who the fuck is well, paying? I for don't. That? I don't. I don't. I, 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 would, I, I would love. <laughs> I would love to see. I would love to see that person try to resell that tweet. You know what I'm saying? That's that's another. That's another shit. Hold up. You bought a motherfucker. You bought a motherfucker soldier boy tweet, and you gonna sell it? You gonna resell it? Yeah. Who you who, who you gonna sell to? Who, who you gonna, gonna sell, sell a soldier boy? To, sell bro. to? Who you gonna sell you gonna it to? Sell it back to soldier boy because he's the only <laughs> motherfucker that's gonna buy it. No, that, that's okay. my thing. What is the resale value of 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 six nine digital art of his old albums? Okay, okay. Who else would want that? You, that I guess me. I guess this is the part of the this is part 360, of three hundred sixty thousand dollars. This is part of the problem with technology, I guess, because it allows you to build a market for just about anything. Anything. 
And I can't be mad because if you get in the bag, if somebody's willing to pay, nigga, pay, pay for some of my tweets. I, I, I'd sell them to you. I don't know necessarily how much they'd be worth, but you know, I tell them I mean, these other avenue streams that these folks are getting into because you know they're no longer necessarily beholden to being slaves of the industry, right? You find different mm-hmm. ways to make your money, but at the same time, it's like, is there really just? I mean, I wonder if I wonder if because you know the, the the blockchain thing is also a document of the of the previous owners of the of the of the particular item. I do wonder if somehow they're going to get into some kind of digital licensing where they won't necessarily resell it, but will sell the rights to use the art in different mediums or something, even though it can be copied. But if that particular art that you're copying has the blockchain, then maybe the value of that art when you're using it. And I don't know. I don't but that's, know. I mean, they don't, maybe, maybe, that people, maybe, maybe if people see that blockchain symbol in the sign of that, of that art, maybe the value of it goes up when they use it in the ad or some shit. I don't but know. part of that is also a protective thing, but they don't even need to go that far because in this, the industry already has DRM. Yeah. So why do you need to do all of that? You don't like it just, it just gets any, anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. Like it's, that shit's actually making my head hurt. Just thinking about it. Cause I'm thinking um, about this whole, the Azalea banks, like what? <laughs> What? I mean, you know, don't you know this OnlyFans already exists? Like, what the fuck are you like? You selling? My, my thing, and my thing is like, you know, when do you think that girl is gonna get hot again to increase the Never. value of that tape? <laughs> Nigga, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like. I, I would. I, I mean, you. I mean, the, the, the idea is investment, right? That you want to buy something that could increase in value. Right. 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 They, I don't see how, a, how an audio sex tape of Azalea Banks is ever going to increase in value. Unless, but when well, that was you got well, Pornhub, X, I mean, dog, X, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get I, it. I don't get it. Elton, 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 unless you want, unless you want license snippets. Hold, hold, slide, slide yes. back, slide back real quick. Elgin just lamed off like five different platforms and, for and, then we'll, and then we'll turn around and tell me that I'm the horny Three. motherfucker. And you know the last thing. Maybe 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 do we one of his tweets so we can find out what Elgin's fucking uh, internet history looks like. Nick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe do mind. maybe do release out lines from the sex tape. You know what I'm saying to Pornhub. <laughs> It's but it's it's so fascinating. It, it was it's fascinating to watch the things that people are actually buying, yeah. and I think yeah. a lot of people are watching all of this stuff who don't understand it in the first place. You know what I mean? Who are not clear on how it works and how it operates are sitting back and watching this tomfoolery take place, and they're like, "Oh, okay, it makes sense that I'm not getting involved in that." When in all actuality, it's a possibility that this will be beneficial to them in the future. But when you see all this fuck shit taking place, it's like, I mean, I I guess right now it's really in its infancy. Maybe it will evolve into into something that feels legitimate somehow. Sean, what but, did your boy say? What did your, 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 your boy that you kick your family out the house to watch every night? What does he say? The one we had on the show with the, the tight jeans on and the, the medium t-shirt. What, what did he say? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not going to let you be smirch Chris Sane's name I that way. I knew okay. you were going to come with your king. Oh, man. Mother- <laughs> Call back number two. Call back number two. Blockchain stuff, man. Like I said, I know that there are... are in real talk that there are other companies that it's are trying to make their brand trying to actually fully operate in the digital space like GameStop. GameStop was one of the ones that came up recently just because of the stock price has been rising recently. I can see software doing something with this. 
Software companies are going to do, do something very unique with this, I think. That's specifically the case because you know that these brick and mortar stores, Amazon and a whole host of other places that you can go online and purchase and them from, the, has killed yeah. these stores. So they have to find some other opportunity, some other way to survive and, in the digital space. And this is probably maybe, just another avenue for it. And maybe the little guy can, in a way, form their own venture capital group, in a sense, around a blockchain to protect a product or IP, you know. Nah, know. Uh, well, know. Most of this money is actually know. managed by these hedge funds anyway. Whether you think that they're not playing this digital game or not, they are. And they're making tons and tons of fucking money. So mm. I don't see that actually well, being... you let us know what old boy says when he tells us it's okay. I'm not going to tell, tell you what he says. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I say, okay? And your boy walked uh, away with a pretty you, penny today. I, I was I was down yesterday, sense, but I looked so at I looked at I looked at my <laughs> stock portfolio today, and I was like, okay, <laughs> your man is making the anyway. That's a that's a whole other conversation. I'm gonna let there you go, go ahead, again. Man. Go ahead, go ahead. Kick, We know you're balling, bro. We know it. Listen, man. Listen, you got the real. We noticed that there's no bonnet tonight, so you, so your hair must be straight. Yeah, I mean, your hair must be straight. Listen, man. You know what I mean? Expensive you products. You know what I'm saying? You don't need bonnets anymore. You don't even need bonnets anymore. That's how much. That's how much you're balling. Man. You got both sides. Both I know. Gang in the background. I, think <laughs> I mean, I ain't mad at you. Listen, man. I mean, this. Your testicles will not be safe when I see you. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Hey, 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 don't talk about testicles, man. Yeah, man. What type of don't talk about testicles, man? Here's some don't lines about testicles, don't cross, man. Let's let's move to the next topic, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about kicking people in the nuts around here, brother. Off limits. That's violent, man. That's rather violent. That's rather violent. Go so ahead, rather violent. Lines we won't cross, and that's number three. Yeah, it's, that's really that's overly aggressive. Goodness gracious! Overly aggressive. The type of violence? <laughs> bullying? Cyberbullying? Ass? Right, 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 hey. rather, rather personally violent. You know, balls. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been paying attention here in the past maybe month, month in the chain, uh, change. Uh, Samiria Rice, the mother of Tamir Rice, uh, has been gone the fuck off about <laughs> Black Lives Matter Global Network oh, yeah. specifically. Uh, she has been incredibly vocal about the disrespect uh, that the Black Lives Matter Global Network has shown. Ben Crump, who's never won a legal case, but he'll get you a civil case, which doesn't help much after you're dead. But hey, uh, Al Sharpton, uh, 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 you know, your boy, and Talcum X, uh, Sean King. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Why, I'm going to ask you again. Why are you like this, man? Like, why, why, I mean, why are you this I way? mean, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the name before, you know. But hearing it out my man's mouth is, is like po it's like poetry. It's like poetry at my man's mouth. Here. It's beautiful. It's glorious. It's glorious. <laughs> but Samira Rice sat down with the folks over at the Cut and had a wonderful article where she talked about. Um, not wanting to be the mother of the movement, which I thought was a great line and showed a depth of the issues that I think hasn't been displayed by others because we know throughout 
all of the killings of black men, black women, and black children, it's always black mothers who are trotted out there, even when there have been black fathers in the lives of the victims. I'm glad to see her come out and say that. I'm glad that she's come out and made the statement about these people. Uh, and she made a, a really dope statement when she said, rather than these people helping to develop the victim's public voice, they became the voice. And I thought it was a really telling article. And just, I love seeing her transparency. I love seeing her vulnerability. I love the fact that she was cussing up in the article. I just thought this was a phenomenal article and piece. And I love the fact how she clearly says, stop hustling black death. Mm. I think the whole concept of hustling black death has been something that, I mean, it's not like it's something new, but I think that with the current movement and with social media and so, and mainstream media falling in line with it, I think it's just taking on a life of its own. What I took away from the article though, it did somewhat feel, and I'm not saying she's wrong for doing it, did feel like she was taking personal affronts to all of these people that have been in the movement or that are the current voices for uh, the movement, right? But at the same time, when you look at history, the the movement has always had people that have been eloquent and charismatic. Those people are the ones that draw attention to the movement, whether you're talking about Stokely Carmichael, whether you're talking about Angela Davis, whether you're talking about uh, Malcolm X, whether you're talking about um, Fred Hampton. All of these people, it was their eloquence, their ability to articulate what's going on and the struggle that brought eyes and ears to the movement. Now, can you necessarily blame people for like what's what's um old girl's name, the one that was at the music awards that she really Tamika Mallory Mallory. She lit her ass up. She's she's been she's been digging in her ass. Can you can you can you blame her for being in that spotlight? Yes. Why yes. do you blame her for being in the spot? Why don't you? Why? No, you? I'm asking you. To, I'm just asking you. Why do? I, why do I, you blame her if she's eloquent? If she's speaking on a behalf of the no, listen to what she's I'm saying. Not, okay, no, but she's if not she's speaking right, on okay. behalf of the family. Okay, okay. So, so she it's, didn't get the, it's, she didn't get the you permission. want her to speak on behalf of the family specifically or families? I should. Say. It's one thing if you're going to get up there and use generalized statements and speak about black people and their issues across the diaspora. That's mm-hmm. one thing. But when you get up on stage and you get into these public spaces, you start invoking the name of the the slain victims without the permission of the families. I think that's problematic. Hmm. So then how do you. So you if they weren't to invoke the names of these families and to speak in generalized terms, would the message be as effective? Sure, I think so. I think the message. But again. I don't think you need. I don't think you. But I don't think you need to do that type of emotional. And and I'll be be even more harsh about. I don't think you need to do that type of emotional manipulation to invoke Hmm. the name of those slain children in order to get the point across about the victim. Because the data is out there, the stories out there. You have a whole history of four hundred plus year history of this type of violence. Why do you got to invoke the name of these particular people and do it? At least if you're going to do it, oh, at least let them know that you're going to do it. At least give me a heads up that you're going to mention my brother's name. 
Okay, or so what's their name? Let, so where how how does her situation differ? And I'm asking you because I want clarity. Okay, mm -hmm. not because I want to be argumentative. We can argue. How does like her situation? <laughs> how does her situation? <laughs> how does her situation differ from uh, Emma Till's mom's situation? People took that name, her son's name, the death of her son, and the movement that spawned from the civil rights movement arguably spawned from the death of her, of her son and the, the bearing of his name everywhere and anywhere that they could shout it. But I think there's a, a big distinction between the two. I think, for one, it was a whole movement that was using Emmett Till's name and image. This has been, she's not, Tamika Mallory is not a part of a movement. She's not aligned with any particular organization. She just I thought claims, she was aligned with Black Lives Matter and um, Reverend yeah. Sharpton's thing. Well, she might be aligned with, no. Is it Reverend Sharpton <clears throat> or Boyce Watkins? She's aligned with one of them knucklehead motherfuckers. No, I, I, she, yeah, it's, it's Sharpton, but still, yeah. I'm like, okay. No, that, that right there loses all credibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna let you guys. I want both of you guys to answer this question, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish your thought. Right. But how do we necessarily say that we're going to? I don't want to say adapt, but I guess deal with the fact that we have people like Sharptons, like the Crumps in the world, because once again, they bring as much as you may hate them, they bring. Of they bring notoriety, whether it's but positive or negative, they notoriety. bring notoriety. Do we do we do we need that? Do we yeah, they, do we need that now? What is notoriety? You always need notoriety. Tell me what does it accomplish? What has it accomplished? Notoriety now is, is different than notoriety in the 60s. Yeah, what is notoriety? And and and, and 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 this kind of notoriety now is being diluted by capitalism in the worst way. Ding, 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 all, on all sides, on all sides, you know, and that, ding, that's why that's why that, that's why I felt in that article from Ms. Rice, which I, I read from beginning to end, and it was painful to read. These people, you know, the, rea the, 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 real, the realities of their situation are are not nearly highlighted. No. You know, Tamika Mallory getting on stage to me is not doing the work. Doing commercials for for GM is not doing the work. You know, you they need healing. That's the top priority for me. And even saying that it's a you know what I'm job, saying it's not doing the work. No, Cla it's not doing the work. Claiming being an activist as a career is not doing the no. fucking work. Not doing the work. No, and I think and, and again, if you are out there doing this type of work, you can you cannot be above criticism and critique. You can't run from it. You have to embrace it because you know why it's going to come. And these motherfuckers have run from it. None of them had stood and had conversations and addressed the critiques openly and willingly and in a transparent manner. And, and to me, that demonstrates a level of you, at least you say that you, so you I mean, you don't I won't say appreciate is not the right word, but you didn't take to take into consideration uh the soliloquy that Tamika Mallory did after Tamir's mom came out and said the first things that she said. I mean, she she publicly apologized and then yes. went on to say that she wasn't going to further do that because she respects her mom and she respects the movement, respects um And she said she wasn't looking to disrespect. <laughs> but, but my big thing with Tamika Mallory is not necessarily what she's doing with Samir Rice. Uh, 
you know, the Miss Rice. Uh, I have issues with her aligning herself with Sharpton, going to that school of thoughts. Hmm. Uh, I have issues with her being involved and grappling and using uh, black radical images to sell Cadillacs. Mm -hmm. I have, I have mm -hmm. those type of, so the fact that she came out and said that she apologizes, I thought that was big of her, which. Especially compared to some of the other folks who were like. Crump ain't said nothing. And what was the other woman's mm -hmm. name that she was like, I'm not letting anybody push me away from my. Oh, Son King. King. Yeah. And Son oh. King is, Son King, this, he deflected like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was think, deflecting like crazy. You bring up, a, you bring up a, a, a very good point that needs to be discussed further. And it's the notoriety, it's the attention component that some of these folks bring. I don't want to make it seem like shining the light on these particular situations is a pointless endeavor. I think it has its place. I think it can help, but I don't think it's doing the work. I don't think it's necessarily anything overly radical about what they're doing. Uh, but I don't want to just throw that out the window and saying that them bringing the attention to it is a waste of fucking time because that's not true. I think part of the problem is that that the, the narrative or the perspective, not the narrative, but the perspective of what being in the limelight is has changed, right? I think that yeah. before when you see folks, the Stokely Carmichael's, the Hamptons and so on, we looked at them necessarily as leaders and leadership in itself is not necessarily just because you're in the spotlight. It's because the buck stops with you when things start to go awry. And the fact that these folks aren't even, like you said, that they're not even addressing some uh, some of Ms. Rice's comments or her her feelings and her actions, I think, I think speaks volumes that it's not about the leadership and about the movement. I think that's the biggest problem that I have. I don't think that the notoriety is a bad thing because I think we need the faces in the places to bring light to these situations. Now, how it spans from there, I think that's that's debatable, and that's something that you can argue about for for forever about that. But I mean, the the notoriety part has to be more strategic, more surgical in its in its acquisition. I would say, you know what I mean. We need to control how that notoriety is being acquired and then and then dispersed. Which is possible because we had effective leaders that knew how to manipulate that spotlight for our better. They, but of course, the circumstances were very different. But I saw, I saw how they manipulated that spotlight blatantly. I mean, with brave, bold maneuvers, of course, that we can't pull off today without you know losing millions of dollars. All you know, of those but, leaders, all of those leaders, was attached to an organization. All of them. A real organization. They were a real structure. To an organization that somebody that held them accountable, even if they were the face of those particular organizations, they were attached to one. She and many of these other motherfuckers are not. Are, are Indies. These are independent. Yeah. So there's free, no these are freelancers. You know what? I didn't think about that. These are, these are free range activists. Even uh, Sean King. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude with the blue vest that you hate so much, D Ray. <laughs> yeah, D Ray McKesson. D Ray. Even all those folks were at one time were part of Black Lives Matter or some other organization, and then ultimately left and started their and own solo. Thing. Yeah, and solo. Yeah, yeah. But okay, I think that. Tell me if you think I'm tripping though. You are. 
Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you know that you know how that means. <laughs> there's a there's a forty five percent chance. <laughs> but I think that the strategy has changed though in terms of manipulating black leaders and black leadership. Before it was an opportunity for before it seems as though there was a strategy to physically eliminate and demean these individual leaders. Now they're coming with dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's a different strategy when you come to somebody with dollars that they you start building from this radical (laughs) radical frame of thinking into a more generalized frame of thinking. But assimilated thinking. I think you bring up a good point. I think the one distinction is none of these motherfuckers today are of the quality of those leaders at all. Right? I mean, none of them are of the quality of those leaders who not not once a bullet was the only thing that you can do because you tried to Mm -hmm. pay off Malcolm. You tried to pay off Fred Hampton. You tried to pay off all these people and you Mm -hmm. could not do it. They were not for sale. What did Fred Hampton say? Fred Hampton said that they were blood sucking capitalists pointing to other civil rights, so-called activists. These motherfuckers are taking the bag, man. They have Mm -hmm. flipped this. I mean, they mm-hmm. make careers out of yeah. black death, bro. Yeah. And they yeah. sleeping yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck them. So what do you think the resolution is? I think that that's a big thing. What do you think the resolution is then? Because we the can't necessarily step, get rid of, of yeah. them or people like them. Well, I think more conversations like this in regards to talking about what actual accountability needs to yeah. be. How do you hold these people accountable? What what do you do? I think that's the big thing. And I think, again, if you're not a part of an organization, you need to be part of an organization that has principles, that has a way to hold you Why accountable. Do you, for that's your what I'm going to ask. It has, it has the proper focus. It has the proper focus on, on what matters in the situation. Well, the okay. one thing that we see with, with, with the great Malcolm X is when he said the chickens coming home the roost thing, regardless of what you may think about, you know, Elijah Muhammad. When he said that, because of the heat that Elijah Muhammad perceived or real was going to come down on the nation, mm-hmm. he sat Malcolm down. And Malcolm, because he understood the hierarchical nature of the relationship in the organization, sat down. Now, after mm-hmm. he found out that, you know, Elijah Muhammad was on some bullshit, he right, right. Know, Mm. But that's part of what has to be taking place. We have to build organizations where we are able to hold the people in the organizations accountable by saying, listen, you got to sit down and shut up for a little bit Mm. and then put a statement out for the fuck shit that you just said. But doesn't that doesn't that still ultimately lead to the same foolishness that we're dealing with? Because you move up the chain. Someone at the end of the day has to have ultimate power and you know what they say about ultimate power it corrupts yeah, absolutely right so how do ultimate power but that's what i'm saying how does how do you how do you do that when at the end of the day somebody has to be that don't, guy I don't, I don't think you have to have that guy and i think again when we look at the fall of many of our civil rights uh, movements and organizations the reason why they fell is because the person who was in charge was that guy he hmm. killed so having an organization yeah made a mistake having an organization where there is not one face we don't need a a black leader we need a bunch of little fucking black leaders who are involved in radical organizations who are not able to be bought off by the capitalist system mm. yeah and we need to we need we need people who are 
not sensitive. Who, yeah, was sensitive to systemic racism, but immune to its smell. But see, hmm. I just I think it's a disconnect also because a lot of these motherfuckers haven't read books, they haven't sat at the feet of elders, they haven't done any actual work in the community before they got their notoriety. If you're not an organizer in your own hood first, why the fuck you're an organizer on TV for somebody? Like your hood should be able to say when it's about for you. Yeah. Again, when Malcolm went out to speak at different mosque, every place that he left, he left a new mosque, mosque in behind. The behind. Yep, you're right mm. about that. You're right about that. Mm. All right, right about now is the time when we'd like to take little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, Crush, what's up, man? Man, um, I just want to, damn, I'm trying to remember, but, oh, actually, I just want to send a shout out to uh, this uh, remarkable artist that, uh, you know, my uh, my wife was uh, also into, and Mac Hami with an incredible album called Pray for, called Pray for Haiti. Um, he's a, you know, incredible artist and a uh, powerful message, uh, you know, powerful lyrics, and, uh, you know, he's uh, incredible. Check him out. No doubt. Hell, what's up? Uh, just to follow up on that conversation, man, if you are passionate and give a shit about your people and you want to do the work, you need to find an organization to get involved with someone that you can actually build about. We don't need any lone wolves out there. We need folks who are connected to radical black organizations who are willing to put the work in. So join the fucking organization. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, what's up for me this week is uh, I recently just picked up a book called My Grandmother's Hands uh, by Reza Masekam. Um, That's why I hate your ass. I swear I do. <laughs> I must have told this motherfucker about this book like you, four years you, ago. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. You, you did. You, <laughs> you know what? It's okay. It's okay. My hatred for you <laughs> is so profound at this moment that I don't think that I could bottle it. <laughs> and ship it anyway. It's, it's just so but no, you you are you are correct. You told me about this book, I think about about it about it's a okay. year or so it's ago. Okay, bro. And you good. talked about excuse, come on, can I can I talk? Why you always gotta my bad. my bad. You did tell me about the book about a year ago, and I'm just getting an opportunity to really pick it up and get into it. And the whole the whole mm-hmm. process or thought process behind how trauma affects us physically and the, the, the data behind it is very, very sad <sighs> and scary. It's it's troubling. It's troubling. It is so, so troubling. Especially I got another take, one for you too when you're done that one. Don't don't do that to me. Because oh, I'm man, I'm right having I'm having heart up, palpitations bro. reading this one right now, man. This one like, is called Untigering. Untigering. Un- it is about it's, it's written by an Asian American woman. Are you talking about the tiger mom woman or somebody else? Because no, I know not, that the, t- not the, the chick, no. <laughs> no, because the tiger mom one. woman, she came and she created no. a whole no, industry is... of books for parents that are like, you got to be a helicopter parent, digging your kids' oh, no, ass. No, That's no, why you're going to no, be successful no. oh, God, and all no, that other exact shit. Opposite. Okay. It's okay. called untigering. And That's I think probably it. It's countering that. But one of the things she talks about is how Asian Americans are perceived and walk in the model minority uh, ideology and how mm-hmm. that affects their parenting. 
And I was just like, wow. Oh, shit. It's, it's good. It's, it's, do you have do you have more empathy for your Asian brother and sister now, or fuck no? You could... <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You know, and on that note, folks, fuck no! Fuck no! Fuck no! You you are the worst. You, you, you need a graphic for that. You need a graphic for that right there. Everybody, <laughs> is there anybody you haven't offended at this point on this show? Like <laughs> he has he has clips for everybody. He's like, what LGBTQ today? All right, let's go. No, no, no. White people on the show. Let me just go. God damn! But I do. I, I Specific it, clips. It did open up my eyes to some of the things that the Asian Americans battle, particularly when it comes to parenting. I thought that was really fascinating. Really? Do you think that that, that necessarily is, is something that spills over into Afro Caribbean households as well? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Our, our, oh, yeah. As much as we try to deny it, black families also. Really? Oh yeah. Interesting. Some of the stuff. Yeah, it was. It's really eye opening. Okay, and, and you said it's called it untigering. Untigering. I'm gonna have to pick it up, man. And you know, I got all my stuff on my fucking tablet. I'm gonna have to pick that shit up. I'm probably looking yeah. you looking I for the audible. You know, I looked yeah. for the audible, but I didn't see it initially, <laughs> which is why I got it on my tablet. You are allergic to real books. <laughs> I know. It's been about all of like ten years. God damn. <laughs> I'm allergic to the books, but then I'd be jealous of Elgin when he's got that damn. Uh, Museum of Natural History and Art. I know, I know. He's got the, the National Library behind him. I know, yeah. I got that. I'm, I'm jealous. I mean, I got. He, be, he okay. just, he just showing off. Fuck that dude. He be showing off. Okay. <laughs> Crush. Where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Man, you can find me on Instagram as usual at the Orange Crush with a K, or SP Methods. No doubt. L, where can people find you if they want to find you? No, they ain't looking for me at Elgin Bailey for they all you motherfuckers that I. They, they're looking. They're they just going to show up in the YouTube comments. That's all they they're do. looking through the scope. They look. <laughs> don't, don't <say> <laughs> God damn it! Elgin, so y'all know. Philly, Philly, I, I shoot back uh, at Elgin Bailey in the house. on Twitter. Just so you know, Philly uh, man. <laughs> Bring that shit to bring that shit to DC in July. <laughs> oh shit! And I'm big, oh Mister the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at mr underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure yes, you follow yes. us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out past episodes of our show at InTheBlackPodcast.com. And I know that you like what we're doing. Just come over and be a part of the family. Join us on the Patreon. You will not forget it. Uh, you will not be disappointed. It, yeah, you will not be disappointed. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in the black. In the black. In the black. Peace. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. Word. Bretrix, what up? I'm a brother, I'm a black, I'm a brother, listen. Uh.
In the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Yeah. switch fast if you ain't raw, then yeah. you're whack. Informed, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black RP, bro, man, a specialist. Know what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like, said they my cheat, who no do it so effortless. I listen to my learn when them listen to my benefit reporting current events everything that is prevalent this is so exquisite a scientific experiment giving you the news not fused without evidence telling you the truth sentiments without embellishments relax these are the facts bringing them to your residence in your house or your tenement listen to hear intelligence body filled with melanin power that's so unsettling bright in the stars bringing some light back to the desolate yeah. In the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, the panther pull up and watch black up in your chat, Mickey on flap. In the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, we outlast. The whole of them can, none of them no can trust. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's how we are doing it, big old. Yeah. Mr. In the black himself. What up, DJ Henry? It's your boy, Blackpink. I'm out. No!